Welcome to the Mother Nurture Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrea Rosario, functional neurologist and doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, caring for individuals and families with chronic conditions for over 15 years. Hi there, Andrea Rosario here today. I hope this finds you doing well and you're having a magnificent day. Today, I want to talk to you about baby steps that we can take towards healthier beverage choices. I don't know if this is the case for you or if it's just me, but I can actually pretty decently make healthy food choices, but beverages are harder for me because I like to sip on things and I find a lot of joy from bubbles and big flavors and things like that, that water just doesn't necessarily give you. So I wanted to share some of the baby steps that I personally took for moving some of my unhealthier choices over to healthier choices gradually with some grace and forgiveness for myself. But as I said, baby steps along the way. And I've used this with several patients as well. And a few of them are kind of like, oh, yeah, we definitely need to change that like right this second. But most of the time you can just make a little healthy choice and then maybe down the line, make a healthier choice even still. So I'll walk you through that process today. And just so you know, I'm really familiar with this because I am a child who was raised in the 80s and 90s. And back then, I don't think nutrition was on 99% of parents radar at all. And I've shared in previous podcasts that my mom was a single mom and she was actually bedridden for several years with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. So we were kind of like feral children in a, in a little bit of a way. And she basically would stock the house with easy stuff for us to eat. But consequently, we would be basically drinking my brother and I, a 12 pack of soda each per day. We had no rules. We were just kind of, we were doing what we wanted to. Eating ice cream straight out of a five gallon like Costco container after school. And it was a little bit of a free for all, but I mean, the sodas, the sodas were insane. Stacked up next to our bed. All right, time to go to bed. Like grab your nightly soda to go sleep next to you in case you wake up in the middle of the night and you're thirsty. I'm pretty sure there was at least a year or two that I didn't have a single glass of water, if not longer than two years. I am not sure, but I don't remember water ever being there. So I kind of had some pretty unhealthy starting points on what I thought was satisfying for beverages. I have gradually made my way, not all the way to perfect by any means, but a lot closer. So since I mentioned where I came from, I want to start by asking you to give yourself a little bit of grace because whether it's food choices or beverage choices, we make these choices sometimes out of like needing of comfort or boredom busters. I think that one's a big one for me. I like the pop of flavor in my mouth. And it comes more from beverages than foods that I enjoy more. Also, it can be cultural, like hello, sweet tea in the South, right? And then it can also just be a habit. I have kids ranging from six years old to 16, almost 17. And I know for a fact that a lot of moms are giving, giving, giving them themselves all day long. And at night, a real common habit in our generation of moms 
is nightly wine. And I've done that myself. There's nothing wrong with it in some ways, but there's also sometimes it's really just a habit and there's healthier choices you can make from one day to the next and just save that for more special occasions or weekends or something like that. So I know that the wine habit is pretty strong in our generation of moms. And so little baby steps to getting yourself out of these habits or cultural things or emotional needs that we have are important and you don't need to go from zero to a hundred miles per hour. You just need to make the next best choice. Okay. Today, I want to talk to you about three really common ones, which is soda, coffee, and alcohol. Are they all bad? No, they are not. So we're not categorizing bad and good, but I do want to talk to you about like the worst of them and the little steps that you can make to get to the better choices in each of those categories, whichever one of those poisons is yours. And just some little tips that I've learned along the way. So I hope that this is helpful for you and all these little tiny baby steps we make create a healthier us in the long run. So little steps is better than no steps at all. So be kind to yourself. Okay, so let's start with the one that I mentioned in my story, soda. Soda gives you the bubbles and it gives you the flavor pop. There's a spectrum of badness of soda. From like, oh, oh my gosh, really, you really shouldn't do this all the way over to like, well, this is okay, you know, and some good substitutions in there. So the really bad one, and this is the only one of all the things we're discussing today that I'm really going to be like, oh, dear God, please don't do this. (laughs) Please do not drink diet soda. This is the only one that I'm going to be like, can you just like, I don't care what you have in your pantry, give it to someone you don't like or like just throw it in the garbage or something, please don't drink diet soda. As a functional neurologist, the aspartame in diet soda and in things like, oh golly, what's it? Crystal light and things like that. The aspartame makes your neurons pop and kills your brain cells. Please, 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 please do not have aspartame. It's especially important if you've ever had head hits, whiplashes, especially if you have a recent head hip, but even across the board, anybody who hasn't, the aspartame in those is so incredibly toxic to your brain that I just beg you, I would rather have you drink a regular high fructose corn syrup soda than a diet soda. I hate to say that, that like pains me in my soul, just so you know, but please, the diet soda is the worst thing I could think of that you could be drinking. Aside from like probably liquor in huge bottles every day kind of a thing. But that diet soda's got to go. Okay. So just like high fructose corn syrup, if you're having regular cane sugar in that high quantity, especially on the regular, you're setting yourself up for blood sugar issues such as diabetes or prediabetes. You're going to mess with your food cravings. You're going to be craving sugar like constantly because it's kind of like a drug and you're definitely feeding that that addiction when you have super high sugar things, even if it is better than the previous two, the diet soda and the high fructose corn syrup, it still does things to mess your body up, can create inflammation. So that's aches and pains and brain fog and learning issues and that type of thing as well. So is it ideal? Mm, no, would I rather you do that than to have the high fructose corn syrup or the diet? I would. Okay. 
So then we move to what's next. If you want an alternative that doesn't have the high sugar, but you still need the sparkle and the taste, you can go with some of the following choices. You can go with something like Zevia, which is, they have like cream soda, root beer, and cola flavored, Dr. Pepper flavored, but it's sweetened with Stevia. If you are of reproductive age or hope to be reproducing in the future, I would probably be careful drinking a whole heck of a lot of it just because stevia in high doses may have some reproductive consequences. But if you're like me and you're like, no more kids, well, Zevia is a good alternative for you if you wanted to have something that tastes similar to soda as far as the bang in your mouth and the sparkles. Um, that would be a good option for you. There are also things, of course, like LaCroix or bubbly or things like that, that have kind of hints of fruit and they have the sparkle. So you can do those as well. One thing that I personally like doing when Zevia or LaCroix just aren't scratching my itch for the bubble and the bang of the flavor. One thing I like doing is using sparkling water and either putting a splash of juice, like maybe an ounce or so of juice on top of it. And using that as my drink, you get the good flavor and the bubbles, or I do sparkling water with some shrub. If you don't know what shrub is, that is a really good alternative for soda and for wine because you really get a big flavor there. And shrub is basically kind of juice from a fruit that is mixed with sugar and vinegar and you leave it and it ferments. So it utilizes the sugar. So it ends up being more of like a vinegary fruit based drink. It's a little bit of an acquired taste as is like most alcohol, really. This isn't alcohol, but it's kind of got that acquired taste aspect to it. So you can Google shrub. I also have a Instagram real video thingy <laughs> that you can listen to and watch and um, it will show you how to make a shrub as well. So that is actually, those are my favorite tips for when you got a hankering for soda. As I said, I grew up on that stuff. And so maybe that's why I'm just like, when I get cravings, I want some drink with some flavor and big pow to it. So those are my tips and replacements for soda. You know, one thing is I don't like things being taken away from me and me having this pity party in my mind. And so I like to think of ways to celebrate why I'm doing away with whatever habit or whatever it is that I'm actually kind of wanting. And I just give it a name. So if you are a diet soda drinker or an aspartame drinker, one thing you could do is even though you kind of want to grab for that diet Dr. Pepper or whatever, you could just say, but I really like my brain cells. And then you go for a different choice. However, down, however far down the improvement ladder you want to just decide to go. All you have to do when you start to want to grab that diet soda is just be like, but I like my brain cells. So I'm going somewhere else, right? And the same goes for the high fructose corn syrup. You could just be like, yeah, well, if I don't have that soda with that high fructose corn syrup in it, my mood, my weight, my body feels great. My mood, my weight, my body feels great, right? Like I don't need that. And you could use that same kind of mantra or reasoning with the regular sugar, or you could just say, 
I'm in control of my cravings, not the other way around. And if I have that soda, it's going to control me, right? I don't need that one. I'm going to make a better choice because I like controlling my cravings, not the other way around. You can kind of like trick your mind into this is a choice, not a sacrifice. And it's not a trick. It's true. But um, it really helps with your mindset, I have found at least. So the next one I'm going to talk about is coffee. Is coffee inherently bad? No. Actually, coffee's got some great benefits, especially for your gallbladder, which is a really common area of women having trouble, especially in their 40s, is gallbladder issues. And so coffee's great for that. It's not all bad. But if you're having trouble sleeping or you're struggling with any kind of anxiety, it's really worth a try to see if you can't get off the caffeine. So there's regular caffeinated coffee, and then there's decaf. If you're going to try to step down to decaf, number one, don't torture yourself and go all the way like caffeine free all at once because you will have a multiple day migraine. I don't do that to any of my patients that I'm strongly encouraging them to get off. I I beg them not to do it because it's so stinking miserable. So please don't torture yourself if you decide to go to decaf. But the other thing I want you to know about decaf is you can still get a lot of the benefits that you get from regular caffeinated coffee for your gallbladder, but most decaf coffee is actually decaffeinated through a process that includes a lot of chemicals. And we aren't trying to introduce that. I would actually put decaffeinated coffee that has a bunch of chemical decaffeination processes is actually worse off than just drinking regular coffee. So water-pressed decaf is what you're looking for. Otherwise, I wouldn't drink that. So regular decaf, if it doesn't say water press, is worse off. Just don't do it, okay? And the way I look at it is choosing a decaf coffee that is decaffeinated through a chemical process is silly. Like, I'd rather get my chemicals from a deodorant that works so I'm not stinky. Or I'd rather get chemicals while I'm out on a vacation and I'm not being picky about something that I'm putting in my body instead of from a decaf while I'm, why I'm trying to choose a healthier option than being anxious and having sleep trouble. And so I'm choosing decaf, but I'm riddling myself with chemicals. That's just a silly everyday chemical burden for your body. So it's kind of all or nothing. Like don't mess with decaf if you're not going to get water pressed. Okay. So The only other thing that I have to say is a lot of people put sugar and cream in their coffee and you can do alternative milks and maple syrup or like monk fruit sweetener if you're not doing maple or honey. Honey works too. Just that's my husband's favorite. I like maple syrup better. As a matter of fact, my very favorite is homemade cashew milk with maple syrup. It's heaven on earth. Coconut milk the Aroy D brand coconut milk with maple syrup that is heaven on earth as well. And so you'd be avoiding the inflammatory cow milk dairy. Okay. So that is something that you can make little shifts to if you really just want to kind of get rid of the inflammatory dairy and, or like actually putting sugar into your coffee, you can do those. And those are great baby steps. Okay. So what if you want to get rid of coffee altogether? That is hard. I did it for a couple of years, but now I'm not reliant on it. And this worked for me. 
A lot of people use a half and half mix of dandelion root and chicory root because it's got that kind of dark coffee taste and appearance. And it's got that same bite that coffee has. It is a little bit different of a taste, but chicory root and dandelion root are both really good for your liver as well. So you're getting kind of medicinal herb benefits to it. It's not exactly coffee, but it is something that a lot of people use as a replacement. So don't go in thinking, hate it when people do replacements and they're like, here's my coffee replacement. And you're like, well, that is not coffee. Just say it's, you know, something different, (laughs) but that is one that you can use. Okay. If you want to try to get a similar feel, but not have it be coffee itself and also have it be a medicinal good for your liver kind of health promoting tea. So you can do that. My personal two favorites were sipping on chicken stock, chicken broth, and on warm lemon water. So those were my two ways that I weaned myself off of that morning coffee need. I found I love tea. I love tea. You probably know that already. I love tea, but it doesn't replace coffee in my mind because it has too mellow of a taste. And those two have enough bite and full bodiness, well, bite in the form of the warm lemon water with a little bit of honey, and then fullness and body with the chicken broth. Those two really helped me. So yeah, those are the three alternatives that I would say that you could use would be, again, the chicory root and dandelion root, half and half mixed, and the chicken broth. And the warm lemon water. Those are all good ones if you're trying to get fully off of coffee. But that would be that topic for you. And then the last one is alcohol. So there's, of course, different forms of alcohol. If you're drinking beer, you're getting the gluten. And that tends to be really high calorically and go on to your gut. And can cause, of course, blood sugar going everywhere, which causes inflammation issues and hunger signaling issues. And sleep issues and weight gain issues, not so great for your liver as all the alcohols are not, but there is also cider, which is gluten-free, has a lot of the same effects, high calorie, high sugar, that type of thing. So then you have the wines, you've got red wine, which has some health benefits with the resveratrol in it. And it's got heart health benefits as long as you're drinking it in a moderation that I'll put it this way, as I mentioned earlier in this episode here, that a lot of moms are not drinking it this way, which is one four or five ounce glass per day or less. A lot of people are drinking more than that. And so I would just say with the red wine, it does have that health benefit. So it's not all for naught. However, if you have histamine issues, meaning you get anxiety, your heart races, you get rosacea, like redness of your skin, you get hives, you react really big bug bites, you have a lot of allergies, you have a lot of food sensitivities. If you think you have histamine issues, red wine is pretty tough on you, I gotta say. And white wine can be not as hard on some people as the red wine, as far as the histamine is concerned, 
but it really rocks people's blood sugar. It's so high in sugar that people fly up and down and all around with their blood sugar. And that of course creates inflammation, creates hunger signaling issues, can actually have you get the shakes and pass out and things like that, depending on how severe it is for you. If you're looking at wanting to have wine in moderation and you're good at moderation, but histamine is an issue for you, there are these little products called the wand and it's a filter that you can put in your wine glass and you just leave it sit for a couple minutes and you stir it around and it'll take a lot of the histamines out. I've used that myself. It actually works pretty darn well. It does make your wine more expensive because those filters are not cheap, but it is an option for you if you want to have some wine without the repercussions, the headache, the anxiety, the migraines, whatever it is that you have. You can try that and see if it's helpful. If you can keep it in moderation and use that, you might do okay. And then in the realm of liquor, in general, it does a lot more damage than the other forms of alcohol. If you are not able to have the other forms of alcohol and you are a liquor drinker, probably the best choice would be tequila because the others are often grain distilled or distilled in ways that are more pro-inflammatory versus tequila is from agave. It's from a plant. It does have some medicinal value. There actually are some um, research studies that show it can have some health benefits. So I reluctantly, just because of course, you got to be careful with hard alcohol, would say that if you're going to choose, that would be the best choice. Okay. So We kind of covered all of those, but what is it that you can do instead of alcohol if you want that bite and that sometimes sparkle or big burst of flavor? You can do a kombucha that has a tiny bit of alcohol in it, like sometimes next to none, but sometimes if you want kombucha at the store, you actually have to show them your ID depending on what their percentage is because it's fermented similarly as alcohol is. You can do some more of that sparkling water with a shrub in it. That's personally how I used to love drinking wine most nights, quite honestly. And I would, I moved over to drinking sparkling water with some shrub, just like one or two ounces poured in the top. It tasted so close to it to me, not close to alcohol in the same way, but gave me the same satisfaction because I wasn't looking for a buzz. I was really just looking for the big bang in my mouth. Right. And that's what it was a habit and like a boredom buster kind of a thing at the end of the day, kind of a reward that shrub really helped me. So if you're looking to do um, something like that, then that would be a good option. You could also do sparkling water with a touch of hibiscus tea on the top because hibiscus tea is really powerful and like a big bite to it as well. So it can help you with kind of ticking off all of those flavor components that you might be getting from alcohol. And hibiscus tea is great because hibiscus tea is an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. It brings your blood pressure down, whereas alcohol brings your blood pressure and pulse up. If you have a Fitbit or anything that monitors your heart rate, if you've been drinking alcohol, go take a look. It really sends it through the roof. I'm just letting you know. So hibiscus tea has the opposite effect. So it'll take you down several notches on your blood pressure and your heart rate. And then also it helps your body promote glutathione production. And glutathione is an antioxidant that really helps your immune system stay balanced. 
It is helpful and healthy to your liver. What helped me make a healthier choice instead of the wine at night was I just basically said, I got ish to do. Like I'm playing a bigger game here. I need to be present. I need to feel good tomorrow. I don't want anxiety. I don't want any of those histamine feelings. Actually, when I would just have the desire to do it, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to choose something else. I got to, I'm playing a bigger game. I don't have time for this. Like I want to feel my best. Right. So when you look at whatever it is you're trying to give up and you think of what you need to say to yourself as to why you don't want to choose that, it really can help your mindset as opposed to like, you won't feel so awful if you have yourself kind of prepped up with like, yep, I got stuff to do. I want to feel good. I'm playing a bigger game. Can't do it. You know, or like I said, I kind of like my brain cells, not going to choose that diet soda, right? So we covered soda, coffee, and alcohol, the good, better, bad of making baby steps towards a healthier choice. And I hope this was helpful for you. You definitely can do it. Give yourself some grace. Try to recognize, is this a comfort thing? that I'm doing when I reach for this unhealthier choice? Is this a cultural thing? Am I bored? Is my mouth bored? Or am I doing this just out of habit? Because this is just what I do. You know, try to figure out what it is that you're doing. And then see if you can't find whatever you want to say to yourself to encourage yourself like, oh, yeah, I actually don't want to make that choice. It is a choice. It's not a sacrifice, right? So I hope you found this helpful and know which baby steps you want to take towards healthier beverage choices. I look forward to talking with you next week. Take care and be well. Bye-bye.